Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Today on Sports Saturday on RTE, I think that's what it was called, Sports Saturday or something. Stupid, like that. There was a, it was actually quite depressing. Uh, the old sports show on RTE back in the day because it was always like horse racing or some shite that you could be watching down the bookies. You know, <laughs> the old Irish sports channels left a lot to be desired in the nineties. I suppose they were up against the BBC and Sky Sports and all that. But hey, what are you gonna do? Speaking of Sky Sports. If you're into your football, Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher just being pundits on Sky Sports is like the most entertaining thing of all fucking time. Because, like, you have Jamie Carragher going, What do you think? Do you think all got his fault? Should she actually keep his job right? Do you think that's it? I, I don't know, Jamie, but we've been so high pitched. Like, <sighs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable entertainment. Um, It's kind of emotional. I don't know. It's definitely the end of a chapter. It's um, it's kind of freeing in a weird way. Like you've come to the end of something and that's a good feeling. A feeling of having completed some something. This is the 51st episode of Hello Steve podcast. Um, and the last one is 52. But what's significant about this one is that this is the last guest. Um, so it was the last time that I was uh, going to be sitting down having a conversation with somebody and I can't believe I've done the 52 times to be honest with you and um, I'm not making that I don't want to make a big deal of it because it's not that big of a deal but it has been a lot of work it has been a lot of work and sometimes in life guys when you do something and you're proud that you did it you should give yourself a pat on the back and say well done so well done to everybody who has... I wonder if everybody has listened to the 52 episodes. Hmm? 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 Have you? Have you? No. Welcome to all of those, all of you who have joined recently. Uh, unfortunately, it's come to the end of the run, but I think the, the all the episodes will still be up there and, and available for, for some time. But um, I know I was getting messages during the week of people going, I can't believe, I can't believe, I've just got into this podcast and it's ending, but... And then people are listening to it from the start as well. And I don't think that's necessary, but maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessary. It doesn't feel that it's like that episodic. It's not following a 
plot line, as they'd say in the movies. But um, each episode is interesting and unique in its own right. So I'm glad that people are out there enjoying it. And thank you for the lovely messages. I am in a good mood about Arsenal. I don't care. I feel like talking about that. We won 4-0 at the weekend. And it's just a really positive turnaround of a club that has been going through this shit uh, for quite a while now. But it's just great to see the fans get on board and a manager who's a bit of a leader and a bit of a leader in a positive sense. He's just saying, let's work hard. Let's work for each other. Let's be thankful for all the things that are around us. Let's get everybody in the club on board with the philosophy of what we're trying to do. And that's down to the person who cleans the boots and up as far as the guy who's getting paid ridiculous amounts of money to sit on the bench half the time. But everybody's got to be on board with what this is. And I really like that. I'd really like to be working there, even if I was cleaning the boots or if I was playing in the team or whatever. It's just good to be part of something. And I'm learning that in life recently. It is important to be part of something. And uh, in a weird way, everybody who listens to the podcast and people who've been on the podcast, it's it feels like I was part of or have been part of something. And that's been kind of cool. And I have have cool conversations with people off the podcast and People really enjoy it, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I could be part of people's working weeks and people part of people's lives. It's been cool, you know? And that's been a good feeling. And I'm glad that it's broken up people's weeks, and I'm glad that people are enjoying uh, have, have enjoyed it. So, yeah. But Arsenal won 4-0, so that's what I'm happy about. And what else has been going on in my world and my week? Um... I'm writing a new show, as I might have mentioned before, and I'm, it, would we say ups and downs? Yeah, ups and downs, but like nothing, you know, that's just natural, that's life, and uh, I'm enjoying the ups and downs, and I'm learning a lot more about myself and doing it, I'm learning a lot more about my process. <laughs> In a lot of ways, going back to scratch and realizing, oh yeah, you haven't done that for a while, Stephen, so um, I'm really enjoying, I'm working at it every day. Every day I'm getting up and writing and every day I'm uh, working towards the show and I'm gigging a lot more, but I'm gigging in places that I'm not going to be advertising to people because it's um, it's where I'm, I'm, I'm working out my ideas. So there's no point in me going, hey, come see me do this gig when I'm dying on my arse with an idea. But that's the nature of the job. You know, you get this idea and the only way that you can make that idea live is to try and put it out there in the world and it may or may not fly. But that's okay. It's part of the process. Fail, 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 fail. And that's fine. Fail again. So, upcoming gigs are going to be in... Um, that I can't tell you about. <laughs> back in Galway on Thursday night. Back in the Town Hall Theatre. I think I don't know how many times this year I've played it. I think four or five now at this stage. And I will be back later on in the town hall uh, with my own show. But dates for the tour will be announced surely, uh, shortly. Sorry, But I will be touring Ireland in September and October in a number of places all around the, the country. So I'm delighted to be doing that. So I will be back in the town hall in Galway. But I'm going to be opening for Garrod Farley this time in Galway. And then I'm going to be in Port Leash on Saturday night. Uh, in Cavanaugh's 
that's one if you're around there that you can come and see me because I'll be doing most of my show Son of a Preacher Man so you come down and see that if you want um, and Judy J will be doing her show as well at that then on Sunday I'm doing two gigs but I'm not going to tell you about them oh, I can tell you about the international I suppose because they advertise that and Comedians Without Borders I think it's called anyway two gigs on Sunday night as well and uh, sorry I just think I've realised I'm chewing on I think I've had a bit of paper in my mouth for ages there <laughs> interesting must have been sitting behind, you know in a gap between my gums and my teeth or something because like how the fuck did paper survive in there for that long you know why are you talking like in a South County Dublin accent that is really fucking annoying there's people in the United Kingdom going what the fuck is that accent Stephen yeah it's it's a so-called Irish accent. It's like posh Irish. It's like a, you know, a American vomiting. That's what it sounds like, you know. Is that a joke? Is that funny? I don't know. Try it on stage, Stephen. See if it works. Look at that post-it notes on my wall. Because that's all around where I'm working now. And there's all sorts of post-its and doodles around. One says ballet. One says daddy. One says be brave enough to fail. The other one says new combination of old elements equals idea. Make of that what you will, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, so those are the gigs coming up anyway. And I'll be advertising them all on the old Instagram and what news? I can't really think. Oh, yeah, the Irish, the elections happened in Ireland. And for those of you who are from outside the country, um, it's like a, the rise of the left in Ireland. So we do talk about that a little bit on this podcast. Um, the rise of the left. So the whole world is going right and Ireland went left. And Sinn Féin uh, are, have been uh, voted as, the. I think they're the largest or maybe they're the second largest now by one. But they're a big deal because obviously they had a, a lot of connections to the uh, IRA who you may know from such previous acts as bombing Manchester and London and stuff like that. But anyway, they became a political party, and um, now they're like one of the biggest uh, parties in the Republic of Ireland, and they're power-sharing in the north of Ireland. So it looks like there'll be a big push-on in the next uh, decade for an independent Ireland or a, or a 32-county Ireland, eventually. Um, but that seems to be the mood of the nation right now. Interesting times ahead. There will be no more fighting. That Don't be worried about that. I think people outside of Ireland are worried that the IRA are coming back and that there's going to be war again or that the terrorism is going to start again. No, that's not happening. That is... Nobody in Ireland is fearing that or wanting that, so don't be worrying. Everyone just wanted to change. And it turns out that we're quite a, an empathetic society, and that's why we wanted some change. Our, our um, government for the last few years was, uh, you know, a bit of a capitalist kind of you know get the big companies in with the money and make the economy stronger but it just didn't trickle down to the people at the bottom and ireland said enough of that shit give the people at the bottom some money which is kind of nice there's a lot of homelessness in ireland there's a lot of really difficult issues going on like our health service is a disaster even though the economy is like one of the apparently the fifth richest in the world but we're kind of like it ain't trickling down to the people at the bottom. So the people of Ireland voted left. Get those socialists in and get the money trickling down. So that's why we have a very interesting conversation here with the poet Jeff, who is a good pal of mine and kind of feels full circle. He was on really early on in the series of Hello Steve, a podcast. 
and it was great to have him on almost a year ago and he's done so much since then and I mean, the episode will speak for itself because there's some fascinating stories in Nicaragua, in, you know, in the Lord Mayor of Dublin, all sorts of stuff. Um, Follow him on Instagram, The Poet Jeff. Jeff is G-E-O-F-F, The Poet Jeff on Instagram. You can follow all the stuff that he's up to. He does be performing around Dublin. He's a fantastic poet um, and he does really great work, social work in his day work. And he's just an all-around great guy. He's a good pal of mine. And um, this was just one conversation because it could have gone one of a million different ways, but I knew that we just click and press record and what would happen would happen. Um, and uh, it was a great conversation. Um, and enjoy the last guest on Hello Steve-O podcast. We'll be back with the final episode next week with the wonderful Jenna. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Keep in touch. Keep sending the messages on Instagram at Hello Stevo on Instagram, Stephen Mullen Comedy on Facebook. Um, I think the link in my bio on Instagram, if you're living in Limerick, buy tickets to the, my show in Dolan's. That's already on sale. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your continued support. I don't need support. Continued conversation, continued lols and all that. I'm so relaxed doing this right now. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> like the pressure's off. The foot's off the fucking pedal. Anyway, it's amazing. The poet Jeff. Hey, you could change your filthy animals. Ladies and gentlemen, the poet Jeff is back on the show. And he's hung over like a mother. <laughs> 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 I, just to brought tell you on. <laughs> I just brought you on to give you abuse for an hour. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. There, there am I at home going, I had the fire on and everything. I had the, I had the, the kettle on for Jeff to come over and do a podcast and he never showed. I'm so you know, sorry. Genuinely, actually, I was actually for like a split moment worried about you that so, something had happened to you. Genuinely. It did, Cause it's so Because yeah. it's not like you. The last two rounds happened to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up and I'm so, I was so feeling, oh shit, and I didn't know where I was. And then I looked at my phone and it was like, have you forgotten about me, Jeff? I'm like, oh no! I'm just, <laughs> like, yeah. And then you, the, the text was brilliant. You were going along and then you were like, actually, Man United were playing Chelsea last night. Is that what you were? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I was. <laughs> he knew straight away. <laughs> it was, yeah. a, was a good game. I saw the highlights. It was decent, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, it wasn't amazing, but I mean, the result was great. And the VAR decisions went completely for Man United's way. They were a bit crazy. They were ridiculous. Crazy. Like, Maguire should have been sent off. He de- definitely yes. could But that's what happens when you're the England captain. You get that. That's a good... Uh, I think it was Roy Keane. Was it Roy Keane put put in the studio in an argument uh, over a game recently? He said, I don't know why that happens because he's English. Oh, that's what he was on about. He was defending Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And he was like, Frank Lampard hasn't done anything exceptionally different to what yeah. Solskjaer has done, but he doesn't get the same stick. I don't know, lads, because he's English. In the yeah. studio, I was like, whoa. Remember like back in the, back in the 90s, or even like early 2000s where like Kane had this horrible reputation and he'd be sent off but then like Shearer would elbow somebody and Shearer wouldn't even get that's a right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's what's nice it's um yeah it's nice to have him on the panels isn't it kind of going it's because he's English is it by the way the noise is me munching away on munchies because Jeff very kindly brought some munchies. Yeah, well, I keep on listening to Gemma and or Jenna, and she she gives you all of the treats. All of the like, treats. 
I felt guilty because I, I didn't turn up this morning. <laughs> so and you went like, and bought me munchies. I went and bought you munchies. <laughs> <laughs> Did you remember the mint ones of those that oh, were about for were, a while? They were amazing. Oh my God. Talk about high end sweets. Where are they gone? Good question, Jeff. Good question. That's what's wrong with the world these do, <laughs> these days. Fucking woke me too. No more mint munchies. They were like after eights. They were yeah, except like they had giant, much better crunch. Yeah. Jesus, now I'm feeling now I'm hungover and sad. <laughs> so what? Do, what's your cure for a hangover? Because you got up fairly late for a start. Because yeah. you're on a week off. Yeah, I'm on a week off. Yeah. Is it just one week? Actually, sorry. Yeah, it's just. So one it's midterm week. break. Yeah. So, so oh, I get the term now. So, the term this term is from the Christmas to the Easter, and there's a middle of, in it. That's the midterm, yeah. Well and done. the midterm, yeah. Sorry, but so what, what happens to Paddy's Day? That's just a long weekend, or something. It's a long weekend, yeah. Um, which is great because I I'm actually getting getting to perform that weekend in the Paddy's Day Festival. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's lovely in yeah. Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a poetry walking tour, and then they they bring people to different bookshops and there's different poets in all the bookshops so brilliant get to see it yeah which one so are you going to be in i've no idea okay so they haven't done it yet but yeah whatever. no i just saw the the link went up yesterday i'll share it with you uh to see uh, the poets that are on it and the, the lineup's great it's fantastic some of the amazing other poets felicia and sasha are on it as well and they're incredible poets really strong strong voices so yeah i'm really excited about it it's my first time doing anything around the paddy's day festival so that's fantastic. Be all in green. You've been taking, well, not not of very recently, but the last few months, would you say you've been taking a little bit of a, a break or, or um, just been busy with other things that you haven't been focusing that much on your own writing, you were saying to me before? Yeah, no, I actually, this this year, I, I joined a new, it hasn't really been launched or announced, but I joined a new poetry collective. Mm. So we meet up once a week and uh, we have to have a new piece written. Each right week. okay and then we we kind of sit it down at the table everybody gets a copy of the poem and then we discuss what's good and bad and, and give people kind of constructive criticism on it and um it's like i've been the most productive i've been in years wow like, yeah. okay so i'm writing constantly now and uh what's that like being it must be because you're in a you're that's a vulnerable situation isn't it when you're bringing an idea yeah which can be quite raw yeah. And we don't know whether our ideas work straight away or not. But yeah, then, completely. Uh, so especially for like for a comedian, you find out on stage in front of a lot of people that's that can be. <laughs> that's even harder, like yeah. But. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, poetry is such a vulnerable and intimate thing that yeah. to, it, obviously it's some sort of a safe space to be able to bring that idea there. When we came together, the, like, the idea was kind of floated by Bo Williams. He's an American poet that's living in Ireland. He's wonderful. Like, and he said it to me, uh, like the end of last year I was doing a gig with him and, and it was kind of, anyway, we came together and there's five of us, Hazel Hogan, um, Sarah Richardson and Emma O'Brien and me. So uh, when we went in, we kind of just chatted about what we what we wanted, what we expected from it. And at the end of it, it was like, okay, let's just write mm. and focus on that for a while, and then the rest of what what we can do and achieve will come from it. And then I was saying at the beginning, I was like, look, it can take a little bit of while, but for people to be to kind of trust each other, but let's not be afraid to to be truthful about each other's work. Because if you're mm. sitting around, you're going, yeah, it's kind of good. And no, I did. Like, they have some really good parts. I mean, that's not going to help anybody. So, uh, but it can, it can be difficult to get to the stage where you can just say to somebody, actually, I don't like that part or this, you know, focus on this. And for whatever reason, the group was just straight away, was just brilliant at being like, looking at it very, very kind of constructive, mm. constructively. And, and, uh, and yeah, and I wrote my most truthful piece, which was, really difficult to write but it was um kind of right kind of around the whole thing of imposter syndrome and, mm. and uh and 
Yeah, that was that was hard. But then when I went into the group, they were they were really good at at, at um at saying it to me as well. You know, was that the one that you performed recently at the workman's now? No, no, I haven't performed this one yet. I've only just really really finished it because I had to go back and rewrite two verses of it, and uh, and then um, yeah, and it, it's 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 just around the fact that like that I I don't know why people like connect to my my words. You know what I mean? And I don't know why. I, I I never really feel good enough, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know, yeah, I, even like on stage, I'm a different character. I think I've spoke before, but I'm a different character on stage and, and I'm this, you know, and I love being up there. But then once I'm off, I I, I hate being kind of thanked or, or applauded. I just get really weird about it. Really weird. It's like I'm finding it was well with my birthdays when people are giving me presents. I don't want the presents. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, oh. You know what I mean? So I, I get really, I've got really strange around that and I was just kind of, because it was a really introspective piece that looked at, at that and kind of questioned it and kind of it was scary yeah was there conclusions from it um or what did you find in the journey of creating it um i i uh, yeah i don't know if there was a conclusion it was just kind of like i don't know why i'm like this but i am and then it was funny but like afterward i did it like emmett was saying to me he's like yeah he says i've noticed that on, on stage he says like when you're when you're doing the poem and you're presenting it, he says you're you're, you're like ferocious he says and then then you say thanks and then you just like shrivel up a bit and then you have this awkward space until until i go back up and, and do another poem and, and i completely understood what he said i hadn't noticed it before but i completely understood what he said uh, or why he said it as well so yeah it's maybe just letting me yeah i, I don't know i don't know what the conclusion is i don't know how to change you know it I mean? seems to be that part of of the of like maybe he didn't maybe he recognized that you and before but wasn't able to articulate it and yeah. this poem is and the conversation has created the space to be able to articulate that thing that's going on therefore it's kind of like maybe the whole process of the expression of it is it's a recognition of of this thing that that's there yeah yeah and in, and in a way in a weird way i kind of like that it's like that because i don't i but i don't think i have an ego you know what i mean like or my ego's not big so i i, I like that i can do all the like crazy stuff that I've done and, and and then it doesn't really affect me you know what I mean like I never mm. think oh my god that's you know look at what you've done you're amazing then I put myself on a pedestal I, I don't do any of that so that's it's kind of nice that I that I have that but I do feel a bit weird if anybody can hear that scratching by the way yeah. the, the lizards are going crazy <laughs> That's not a poetic license, and I think there's literal lizards in it. So what are they doing? The bearded dragons. The one. The, are they fighting each other there, or what was going on? Uh, now the big one wants to get out and go for a wander around the ground, but like that. Oh, do you let them do that? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, They're, it's mad. Inside the tank, the smaller one, Ra, like she's the the dominant one inside the tank. But if you put the two of them outside the tank, the other one is the dominant one. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously. Is that a metaphor for inside and outside the home? I don't know. It's my last episode. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this the last episode? Well, this is the, sorry. This you're the last guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. That's uh, emotional, but um, it's kind of interesting how it has come full circle. All right, yeah, because yeah. it's like around a year ago that um, we were in, you were living somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in you were in another house. It was like uh, and so much. You were just starting off at that stage, really, weren't you? I was starting off the podcast. Yeah, yeah. no, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 But were you? And, so were you and your girlfriend going out then? You would have been. Yes, would have been. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. there you go. So but the girlfriend's still here. You're living together. A lot's changed yeah. in the last year since the last podcast. It has, yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, I've done some crazy stuff during the year. Um, what's the the, the poem in the documentary come out the last time? The poem in the documentary. I did the one. It was like went to 
number one in eight countries and was like top ten in the US and all that kind of mad I stuff. I don't think I know about that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. I've completely missed that. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, so I wrote this piece and then I performed it for these lads and then the, the next thing they're like, oh yeah, the, 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 you're top 10 in the in the, in the uh, the US and I was like, I never thought it'd be top 10 in the US for anything. You know what I mean? It's, it was a mad kind of, it's a weird Is this the one thing. outside the four courts? No, this was, this was with, uh, in that baristas thing, you know, uh, Niall was in it as well. Oh, I never saw that. No, we neither have I. Right. <laughs> the Barista film. They yeah. did a film on baristas. Yeah, yes. and I wrote a piece for it and then got all dappered up, like dressed up. And, right. And then it, they said it's the like the turning point of the film. It's a really important piece to be in there and they're delighted with it. So, yeah, then I uh, put in. Genie Mac, i got to check that out. Yeah, Barista film. Six million I, downloads or something, yeah. Wow, Genie Mac, I haven't Jeff. downloaded one of those. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're a celeb in the US yeah I got weird stuff like people were contacting me from all over the world and this this place wanted to see if they could use one of my quotes from it and they were I was like yeah so my quotes are in different kind of places around the world and bizarre but kind of, it feels really different it doesn't feel like it's like I've done anything yeah it. yeah yeah it's I suppose it ties back into that whole thing of of being the um of the of what your latest poem is about the inti- intimacy kind of thing it's like mm. it, it, all that stuff feels separate it does surely. Yeah. yeah yeah it feels like it's some it's a different person mm. it really does like i was walking by the doll the other day and then they had the, like the, the the kind of centenary uh, doll on the front of it you know what i mean like because a 100 years ago in 1919 the the first doll happened in Ireland in the mansion house and uh, and then i was given the the kind of um, commission to write the poem to commemorate that. Amazing. Um, and it Dub- was from Dublin City Council? From the Lord Mayor. From the Lord Mayor, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As you do. Yeah, it was gasping. Me and the Lord Mayor were mates for a while, you know what I mean? Like, he'd ring me up on a, on a Saturday, he'd be like, uh, what are you doing, Jeff? I'm like, I'm just in town. He's like, do you want to come over for a drink? I'm like, yeah, I'll drop over. He says, oh, but bring a girlfriend. Are you joking? No, like I was going. What? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I mean, That's nuts. Yeah, he just text me and see if I was about me going up <laughs> points in his gaff. <laughs> and he probably has a proper bar and everything in his in, in the mansion house. Well, it all. was a free bar. You know, like that, the whole thing about them like, oh having all God. the Guinness and stuff. Like there was way too much Guinness drank. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So we like speak about history and like I I speak Irish, so he loved the fact that I speak Irish. And okay. then, so I had done the I wrote the hundred year commemorative poem and. Um, yeah, and then it got it got like on official booklets and all. It was like fifty thousand given out, and then they had to reprint it. And uh, I've actually won there. I'll give it to you after this. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, and and so then so th- like he would even invite me in for all these things. I got to perform for the Palestinian ambassador. It was like a room full of ambassadors, and I was performing poetry for them. It was really, really. Oh odd. my god. Yeah, it was really bizarre. So when was that? Like uh, just a year ago, yeah. Yeah, like just over a year ago. I do remember a picture of you all right in the mansion house, but I didn't realise that you were texting each other. That's yeah, crazy. He, he was a really lovely fella, you know? Like, um, Don't even know who it is. Who is it? Neil Ring. Okay. Yeah, and uh, really nice. And then, we, so he'd invite me in for different events and stuff and uh, stuff that I'd be interested in. And we'd always just, at the end of the evening, just be speaking Irish to each other and having a few drinks. But it was bad, like on a, on a Saturday, I'd be out with Rachel and... I'd get a text. I was like, "Oh, the Lord Mayor's off the text," and she's like, "Oh, are we? Did he invite us over?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "Well, I get dressed up." He says, "No." He says, "Don't bother getting dressed up. There's nobody there. It'll just be us." Like, so we just sit in. <laughs> Has he got a family, or was yeah, the yeah, yeah, in his yeah. Own, yeah. Right? And most just... people like take residence in the mansion house as Lord Mayor, but he was living still, living as a family home and kind of going going to and fro. But yeah, it was wow, what an experience! It was, it was bizarre. That is bizarre. 
yeah I've a load of mad stuff that kind of happens to me I find myself in these weird situations all the time and like when I come out I'm like when I tell people they're, they're like oh yeah that kind of sounds about right like, yeah that's crazy that is literally nuts yeah well when we went on we went on the walk recently up the Glen de Lock and like even some of the stories then driving to I can't even remember what, if it was when we were walking we were driving but like stuff like you'd you know stuff that you climbed to Morocco and the stories of that and all yeah. like crazy crazy stuff and yeah I've travelled it quite a bit yeah you have yeah and it, like it's but it's never I suppose it's it's one of those things that it seems when you're in conversation with when one is in conversation with you that these things just pop out of nowhere that you're just like what <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. you, do you know what I mean you're just yeah. like, it's not as if you're going to broadcast it exactly when you're going to meet you anyway but well, it's just I, yeah I, I suppose like it's I don't know like like I was t- telling somebody in work the other day they were talking about like going to Central America and I was like oh yeah Central America is nuts. I was like, I, I ended up, you know, um, becoming mates with the UN ambassador to Nicaragua. And, um, <laughs> like, so then he'd, like, throw me into the back of his trailer and we'd go off and he'd bring us to these, like, private beaches. And, you know, it was mad. Like, we kind of bonded over, over history and he wanted to talk about the history of... But how, sorry, how do you get into a conversation with the ambassador to Nicaragua, the UN ambassador to Nicaragua? Um... It's a very good question. I <laughs> so I was we were, I was staying in this place, this town called San Juan del Sur, and we were in this hostel that was kind of our guest house that was outside of all the the main stuff. And uh, the guy that was running the guest house was uh, was was asking me loads about Michael Collins and Irish history, and I was kind of just telling him as much as I knew, and and he loved so it. So this is in Nicaragua. It's in Nicaragua. So yeah, they yeah. have a good they have a good knowledge of Irish history. They love the, the revolutionaries wow. because okay. the, because of the whole thing about guerrilla warfare. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. So then the, they were looking at the Irish revolutionaries for their revolution yes. that started. Uh, the Sinistas were there in the like uh, at the end of the seventies, early eighties. So then I started asking him about like his country. Turns out this dude um, was like sixteen and was one of the people that started a revolution against the, their government. I was like, "You're a sixteen? He was like, "Oh, it was all kids that started the revolution." I'm like that, like I was Jesus. just thinking back to when I was sixteen, what I was yeah, doing. And I had yeah. no idea who I was. Mm. I had no idea of my really of my nationality. I, I didn't have a clue. And these lads were were like traveling up to to america to try mm. and get people to fund their revolution and coming back and so then like he we were chatting and i was really getting into it and uh then he's like oh you should talk to to my friend you know he says like he'd know much more about it and uh and i would i'd been talking to this guy the night before because he was like listening to jazz and we sat up and just talking about jazz and chatting was, i was like oh yeah yeah i met him last night with over it turns out that like he was the un ambassador to nicaragua and uh so yeah, we were sitting down and sharing some beers and, and he's like, oh, he says, you know, what's your plan for the next few days? And I said, I don't really have a plan. I kind of like just going around and I kind of feeling out of country and figuring out what to do as I'm going. He's like, oh, well, like tomorrow, if he says, uh, there's this beach that nobody knows about. He says, but it's off road and you have to drive to it. Would you like to accompany me there? And I'm like, yeah, cool. So yeah, we just- And you're on your own. I was with a mate of mine, Dara. Right. Uh, and uh, so I was like yeah 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 and then so we just bailed into the back of this pickup and off we went and then went to this private beach and it was just like the most beautiful sea it was so calm it was like a it was like a swimming pool and, wow. and then we just had he had a barbecue and loads of beers and it was amazing and like he wouldn't let us pay I, I was like oh, let me pay for the beers He's like no you're my guest and then like he then he like he rang up his 
brother or his his son, he was like, "Look, I'm not going to make it up to you today. I'm I'm kind of chilling with this Irish guy." And so he just like <laughs> we had to the piss for the for the, wow. for the day. Yeah, it was crazy. That is amazing. And where, how old were you at that time? Uh, it was in my uh, like early thirties, I think. Okay. Yeah. So not even that long ago. No, it was only a few years ago. And this was like before you like changed career and stuff like that. No, or? it was it was while, while it was yeah while you while, while you were retraining or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mad, mad holiday. We ended we like on it. We and me like I, I met up with a few different guys on it. But like I slept on the top of a volcano, watching another volcano erupt for the whole night. It was about a kilometer away. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Jesus! Every fifteen minutes, the Where volcano. Was that? that was in Guatemala, um, wow. and it was in this really small. But no, it was it this? What was the town called? Um, oh, I was just outside Guatemala City anyway. And uh, yeah, so then like one night, um, me and my mate were on the roof of this guest house, and we were trying to photograph lightning, and we we're like obsessed with, <laughs> with trying to get the trying to get the you know the, the big that's crash because right, you were mad into photography once. Yeah, stage, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and we were we were just we were trying our best to get fucking lightning, and we we got this tiny like like millimeter. We we're like yes, and, <laughs> but then as we were doing it, we were like, what the hell is that red yoke over there? You know, and um, and then when we asked around, people were like, oh, that's the volcano, and like the that's volcano, mad. Fuck. Help. And then we found out that you could actually go and you could hike it, and uh, and we did. So we hiked up. It was like over four thousand meters, hardest hike I've ever done in my life. Really? And I, well, yeah, it was it was up there. The, the air was so so uh, kind of light that there wasn't an awful lot, lot of air at that altitude. But then there's not a lot so of oxygen st- in the air for you, okay. yeah, yeah. And it's because it's higher up. It's uh, uh, but also it was so steep and the ground was so loose that it was just a fight the whole time. But and when we got up there, it was freezing like really? absolute because yeah because the, the, once the sun went down it just became like like we had the only we bought loads of extra clothes we knew it was going to be cold when we got up there we bought loads of extra clothes the only trousers I could get were kind of women's combat trousers gorgeous they, they yeah. did uh, they did really take away you know showed off my curves <laughs> and my mates so I think obviously the abuse I got for that but like they were the only trousers I could find and um and yeah, and we just stood up, uh, sat up there for the whole night, just like in front of a fire, and every fifteen minutes or thereabouts, you know what I mean? Like bang, and then this red thing would go up into the, into the sky. I'll show you a picture of it. What an experience! Yeah, incredible. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Speaking of volcanoes, how are you feeling about the explosions in Irish politics? <laughs> that was a nice segue. Boom! Whoa! Um, it's been a fascinating. Um, it's been a fascinating couple of couple of weeks for everybody in the country yeah. and uh, it's really like it's it's been shaken up in a way that it has never done before and you've been quite vocal about it on social media and wanting people to get involved yeah. and stuff like that yeah. and are you happy with the outcomes um well we'll have to see like i i really believe in democracy you know what i mean mm. and i think i think like voting is so important and if you look at like the strength of this country over the, the last kind of decade or so with um especially how young people have have kind of become involved in, in democracy again and that they've made like huge change to the country mm. you know what I mean the, the marriage the equality yes, the, yeah. The, the two, yeah the repeating the eight like the like the amount of women that went out and it was like a grassroots movement of, of women going door to door mm. you know what I mean like how yeah. brave they were you know what I mean and that, like so, so that's to me really exciting that's pure democracy and and then for this for this election I thought it was really important to just try and and just say to people you know what I mean like we've Look what happened with the with the referendums. We can do the same mm. with with uh, our government. You know what I mean? And make a positive change. And because there's so much in the, in the country that's 
that's wrong. You know what I mean? Like we're supposed to be this really rich country, but like we've got so many homeless, mm. so many homeless children. Mm. We've got like our healthcare system. We put more money into the healthcare per capita than they do to the NHS. Yet our healthcare is so is that's so poor. crazy. Like, do you know what I mean? We it's it's mad. And I've been lucky to benefit from the NHS and living there. It's an amazing. I mean, they all bitch about it over there, but it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, free healthcare. It's free health. You can go to your doctor and yeah. when you're sick, and then you know that's you don't. It. Have to, you have yeah. to pay. It's you don't crazy. Have, yeah, and you can like if you go to the hospital. Whereas here, like, like it's just. I mean, the, the doctors and nurses are, are fantastic when you get into the system, but mm. it's getting into the system yes. that, that that's the trouble. And like, I think you know, like we have had this neoliberal government for so long that's like pushing privatization. I mean, like. If you think about when you were growing up, it, it never really occurred to me. But something as simple as like student accommodation, that mm. student accommodation, it was owned by colleges. You know, what I mean, the colleges owned the accommodation and they rented it to to students at a discounted rate. That's how students would be able to go from the country to come up to Dublin or to go down to Cork or wherever any of the big universities were. Now, student accommodation is privatised and it's private companies that are running it and the price of the rooms are absolutely astronomical. It, like somebody said, if you were on minimum wage your take-home for the year wouldn't be enough to cover the rent. If you were in a full-time job or in a minimum wage, your take-home for the year wouldn't be enough to cover the rent for student accommodation. That's crazy. It's and, and it, bizarre. It, oh, I don't even know. Why is it even called student accommodation? Like, is, it's, it's not. It's, it's tenements. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's tenements. So it's just the same. Because like, you see all these, they look fancy from the outside and big brandings on them, student accommodation around the city. But they're just like they're they're just the same as renting anywhere else, surely, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. you get a room. That's it. Right. Like you get a room and a shared living area and a shared uh, kitchen and it's a fucking tenement. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I don't know how it was legalized and they're making so much money off it that that's it was one of the things that was put to Mary Lou when she was talking about building so many hundred thousand houses. If she could, if she couldn't, if Sinn Fein and the government, they were like, how are you gonna, you know, get it? Because builders are are now pushed to the extreme like where yes. are you going to get the builders from and she was like well stop building stuff like hotels and student accommodation because I mean, that's a, a part of the problem that we're not building actual homes mm. um, but like it's 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 bizarre when you think of like the amount of people that are suffering and you know like employment is high everything is high but, but people don't have money to live you know what I mean I just I heard the, I'd heard the argument recently and I found it interesting because there was no hate in it or anything like that and it was like for example, I, I don't, I, like, how can I pinpoint it? I, I said to this, but this person had voted for Fine Gael, And for me, I was like, oh, really? And I, th- I thought, I was nearly about to say, like, I've never met anyone who's voted Fine Gael. Because in, in my head, in my background, in my upbringing, it's just like, I would never vote right. It's just like, it's just not in me kind of yeah. a thing. Although they do say the older you get, the more conservative you become. But it's just always been in my head, no, I wouldn't, it's just not the way my brain works. I'd be the um, same, yeah. But my, interestingly, the, the people who were, who were vying for, and their colleagues of mine were like, we're just not going to fix the economy if, you know, we go, if, if we were to go to the left, just, and, and they, I just remember them going, it just, it, it just couldn't work without, the, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what economy needs to be fixed? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we're fucking making a lot of money. And yeah. in that mindset is very like I'm not angry at it or anything, but I think I think it's really interesting because I'm like, well, that's not the economy isn't the issue at the moment, you know. I, I think people are afraid of what they don't know. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, so it's like if you're starting a new job, 
the day before the new job, there's always a lot of anxiety because you, you don't know what to expect. Mm. Are you going to like the people? Are you going to like the job? You know what I mean? There's this kind of weird liminal space that you're in. It's the same in, like with a lot of new experiences in, in life that you don't know what's on the other side. So you don't know whether it's going to be good or not yet. And I think it's the same with this with the government. You know what I mean? People know Fianna Gael and they know Fianna Fáil and they, they don't like them, but they know that they're there. So it's kind of you know, the better the devil you know kind of thing. Mm. So they don't know if a left government is going to work or how it's going to work or how it's going to affect them. So, so there's a fear around around that. You know what I mean? Like, And it's, as somebody was saying like, Shink Penguin, they'll, they'll ruin the country, they'll, they'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, if that's the case, then we can vote differently in the next election. Mm. You know, the, the, the government will come down and there'll be a vote of no confidence and then people get to vote again. But like, yeah. if you just keep them out of government and keep a left government out completely you're never going to know it's going to work mm. you know like when Labour went into government after World War Two, they created the NHS you mm. know what I mean and people were afraid of it but they've created this incredible healthcare system like what, what could we do in this country if we had a Liberal government just every once in a while even you know what I mean like you, to but that, that's the thing I, I think um, I inter- listened to a very interesting interview with Bertie Hearn there and then and Eamon Dunphy's The Stand and it was funny actually because all Dumpy was talking about was like, what can Fianna Fáil do to sell? I was like, Jesus, he's not subtle here about his Fianna Fáil allegiance here at all, Dumpy. But it was still in, like, because from a political, even if he's on Fianna Fáil team, Bertie, as a political analyst, having worked in the middle of it as well, it was fascinating to hear his opinions on the way everything's going to work out or the negotiations that have to happen, um, etc., etc. But what was interesting, uh, uh, he, he said that the Irish electorate are very smart. And in, in a way that you don't get in other Western countries. And, and I have that feeling as well in that... Mm. Um, I feel like a, a, a shake-up if nothing else. Do you know what I mean? Even if it doesn't work out over the next four or five years, that the shake-up, the change is important because it's because this shift already is making Fine Gael and Fine Fáil having to change their mindset. They will have so to change. Things. Yeah, they'll they have, have, to have to change already. the policies. Yeah. Yeah. And w- one thing, like, um, I was at a this theatre festival in France there a few weeks ago and it was a, a, <laughs> just throw that in there the <laughs> theatre festival in France <laughs> just more but, of a, who yeah. are you with the president of Ghana <laughs> 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 so uh, Macron did the openings no, <laughs> no, uh, but it was it was with it was a EU kind of um thing i don't know what you call it, it was like why why ua or something so they brought a lot of people from different eu countries together and then you'd go to these shows and then you'd come back and you'd chat about them afterwards and it was a way of kind of getting countries together and talking and one morning there was like you got together and spoke about democracy you know what i mean and i was like this is amazing i mean i was so excited um and what one of the things that i was really was really interesting was that and in all of the other eu countries they were all complaining about the fact that the electorate had gone to the right to mm. the, and almost to the far right mm. in a lot of places and i was saying well in ireland it's gone the other way mm. and they were like well you must be the only country in, in europe we I think are, Portu- I think. portugal is, uh, has portugal I, st- I think i've voted in a left-wing government as well right. but like it was really interesting to see that like when countries are blaming immigrants and are kind of building hatred you know and blaming people like especially after like the recession when when people had to pay and like Ireland had to pay more than any other country and it would have been easy to for for people to shine the light or the torch and like look at them they're different than you they're the reason that it's that that your life is so hard which has happened like look at Brexit in England and stuff like this you know what I mean that people are blaming immigrants but but in Ireland we we didn't didn't get fooled by that and we uh we decided to 
to you know to vote for for change and, and see what was actually wrong with the country um and even though like the parties all of the parties that were kind of anti-immigrant parties they didn't even get one percent of the vote so they have to pay mm. for all of their charges for for running the, the thing like i mean it's amazing to see do you know what i mean like it is it is it, it shows you the difference in the psyche of a people very very clearly and that was something that struck me about this whole election was the whole of europe is going right and the whole of the not even europe the world yeah you know brazil it happened recently it happens in the u.s Jeez, the whole brazil, world is going yeah. right and 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 ireland a very small country has gone left and it seemed and the number one thing that came out in the exit polls the two most important things that the reasons why people voted this way was number one housing and number two homelessness wasn't it and health and health as well yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the three, you know, those three, that's what people were worried about. Um, yeah. No one was giving a shit about Brexit or that. Th- those no. things weren't high up. These are no, the concerns yeah. that the Irish people have. Yeah. And, we, and and it's great to see because, I mean, like. There's a lot of empathy in that. There really is. Yeah. There really, really is. Um, Emma Kirwan was very vocal and some of the, the podcasts he did before were brilliant. And like he was talking about how. Um, Two governments ago, the Labour government brought in um, that they they cut childcare payments to single parents for any child over seven, and but they did it with the promise that there would be a proper childcare service available for the whole for the whole country. They were going to restructure the whole childcare service, and it was going to you know make it really accessible for parents so that they could put their children into childcare services and then go and work. You know what I mean? And what a lot of shit and, that was. Absolutely. Jesus and, Christ. And there's, look, no, there's not even on the horizon now even like... No, no, no. And like, and childcare is so expensive. But but if you're a single parent, like what, what happens if forced a lot of a lot of single parents into homelessness you know mm. you know like in the uh, that's so cr- it's like it's i'm not i'm not going to get angry in the podcast now but that's cruel yeah that's complete and utter cruelty like and and labor's supposed to be left wing but they yeah. end their whole you know what i mean like um i mean they've been decimated they really have and des- deservedly I, so yeah. and i think this like you you can't stand on those platforms and then when it when it go, like they they also promised that there would be no fees for for colleges for mm. uh, like Rory Quinn sat in Trinity College and signed a document to say there's no fees for for colleges and, and like very shortly after he became the minister for education fees for colleges shot up were doubled um they you, you know what I mean there was like ugh, just loads of things that they they really destroy but like if you look at, at say in in if you want to call them disadvantaged communities. Uh, uh, the levels of ho- of levels of suicide in women have spiked over the last number of years right and it's it's one of the things it's down to is is homelessness they reckon and uh and it's women are near, nearly on on a par in those areas with men for suicide which normally men are like i think are like 10 times higher it's 9 to 1 it is yeah. yeah in the world it's 9 to yeah. 1 yeah whereas in in uh, Different pockets around Dublin, and uh, the levels for women and men are almost the same. Like it's, it's, it's incredibly sad. And then people are worried about like, what's going to happen if Sinn Fein get in? Maybe show some bloody empathy, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the concerns are, I suppose, from you can hear from certain sides. How do you feel about, for example? I think this is complete and utter childishness, and I hope there's no, there's no, um, there's not, there's no real hate at the root of it. But like. When somebody gets elected for Sinn Féin and they're celebrating with up the ra, I'm just like... It's ridiculous. Would you grow up, lads? Yeah, Folks yeah. Say, But this is the guy who who got fucking, you know, um, who, who won his seat and they're singing up the ra and all. I was like... Yeah, it, it wasn't a great look. Like, you no, gotta, it's you, not. You know what I mean? 
You, and I hope Mary, because Mary Lou has got the the balls is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. She's got she's this, strong. This, she's a, such a strong individual. Yeah. She, I mean, you watch her down the years taking on people in the doll and all that stuff. She is mm-hmm. a one tough cookie, and she has absolutely got the skill and the power to be able to stamp that kind of stuff out. It'd be great to see that. Yeah, and the presence as well. Yeah, mm. like it was one thing watching the leaders debate. Um, I don't like Leo, but. He does have a presence about him, mm. and you can see that that like he stands behind what he says. He, he's, he's not going to be perturbed because he's just used to having it all his own way in life. Yeah, but <laughs> but like when you look at me, Martin, I didn't think that he looked like like a strong leader at all. No, but Mary Lou looked really strong. Yes. I, I I felt she was she loving was, it. She was like yeah. nearly enjoying pulling the strings and yeah, and she put it up to him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michal was disappointing because like in a one-on-one interview paces, I think he comes across well sometimes, and he's like I'm, he's the son of a Northside bus driver in Cork, and he has that working class attitude to him. But then he just doesn't like doesn't follow through. Like you know, no, I think like and if he does this, this latest doll is going to be really interesting because. If he doesn't become the Taoiseach, he will be the only leader of Fianna Fáil to never be Taoiseach. Yeah. So I think he's going to sell his his family to try and get that. You, that's, you don't want to be labelled that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah. Because like, Sinn Féin have the majority of the seats at the moment. I mean, of the big parties, they have the most seats. They're, they? they're t- I think Fianna Fáil have one more seat. They both got 37 they? seats in the election, but the Keown Corla from the last all was a Fianna Fáil represent representative and they they keep their seat automatically because they did the uh, so they have 38 against Sinn Féin's 37 yeah. and what were um, Fine Gael on 33 or something yeah yeah yes low but a good a few seats lower yeah so the possibilities are so if Fine Fáil are in the majority they have to try and do a deal with Sinn Féin which Michal Martin said he absolutely would not do yeah which straight away it, but but it's now looking this week anyway that that's not going to happen either. So Sinn Féin are trying to make deals with the Greens and the Independents and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it'll be a really interesting. It's a really interesting time for Irish politics because like people want change. Mm. So it ha- whatever comes from this, that that has to happen. And then I think now. Like I don't think Sinn Fein even believes that they were a viable alternative before. They, no, they didn't. Because if they if they had realised the way it was going to be, they would have doubled their candidates in yeah, a lot of constituencies. They really would have. And mm. like if you look at like the North Bay area, uh, out by like Colester and Dunny Carney and, and all around that constituency, Sinn Fein got twenty one thousand first preference votes. The next highest candidate was a Fianna Gael candidate, and they got five thousand. So mm. there's a huge disparity. Like Mass- people really went gap. out and yeah. and want to change. So yeah, I I don't know. It's it's. Whatever happens, it'll be interesting, you know what I mean? They That's the interesting thing about democracy as well, because you, you can vote that way, but then what happens, unfortunately, is by by virtue of the fact that if somebody does not get a majority, deals have to be done, mm. and then it's not necessarily democracy at that end of it, you know what I mean? Because if, if you voted for Fianna Fáil and expecting that they're never going to go into government with Sinn Féin, and then all of a sudden they have to, you know, you might be pissed off about that, you know? You can't, and actually somebody used this analogy, and I thought it was really good, they were like, if, you're, if your electricity is broken in your house, and uh, and you get an electrician, they come in and they don't fix it. You don't just throw away electricity and say oh, electricity is shite. You know mm. what I mean? So it's the same with democracy. Is there? It's a, like it's it's always evolving. Yes. And just because you didn't get the government you wanted in power mm. this time, but, but the people have still spoken. So like it's it's just you know going. And it's up to you to sort it out. And that's yeah, what Ragnar has been saying is like, well, you are the majority. The onus is on you to deliver. Yeah. How do you feel about some of the holes, for example, that have been? Uh, poked in uh, in the economic analysis of Sinn Féin's for example the 4 billion that people are going yeah where's that coming from is there any of that kind of stuff worries you because that was one gap that uh, uh, Bertie Hearn pointed out in his analysis that he was like Mary Lou never got pushed on that and the whole thing and everybody seems to have brushed 
past that, and that the the, the, the sums don't add up. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be kind of up enough on it to have any serious me neither I just heard comment. that bit yeah you were just <laughs> trying to say <laughs> no but I had to but, 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 sweat but, was pumping from me Jesus Christ he's going to ask you about the deficit <laughs> <laughs> but 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 stuff but stuff like I mean that's politics and it's not just on yeah. Sinn Féin that happens with everybody well, every fucking party yeah. all the time they, people make promises they can't they can't you know follow like through up, yeah. them I, I don't know about where the, where the money will come from uh, I do think that like there's a huge disparity of wealth in the country mm. um, I think like if you look at the, we, we're the fifth highest country in the world for billionaires per capita really yeah which is I did not know that at all which wow. is kind of very messed up but, I mean cause, like somebody cannot spend they physically cannot spend a billion yeah a billion euro it's just impossible you know what I mean so why do people need that type of wealth you know, yeah. it's a power thing obviously but like surely there's a, there's, a, there's a way of kind of sharing the wealth out more equally across society you know what I mean so like that people can actually like I'm not going to go over the same points but like you know, young people growing up never going to be able to buy a house Yeah. you know like in the 80s in a huge recession in the 80s nobody had any money but everybody had a home mm. you know what I mean like yeah, it yeah. was like the wealth was more evenly distributed I mean but so it's funny though that, that that's the difference that I noticed between Ireland and having my only other experience is, is living in the UK and how um, okay our, our health system is definitely a one downside of, of that whole thing but I I find even our most right here is way more left than their left over there, and how the attitude of the people is much more of a republican attitude of what a republic means, what it means to mm. you know uh, the right to free education, the right to a home, the right to all that kind of stuff. That is, uh, as the older I get, the more I realise that's ingrained in Irish society that that we are we deserve that. We absolutely we know, had to fight for it for so long. Yes, Do you know, yeah. so that like, and I I think. If you look at stuff like the the famine, isn't that many generations ago? Mm. You know where like the, you know millions of people were wiped out, and, and we still kind of celebrate and remember that through songs like I know it's a, a cliche, but the fields of Aten Roy. I mean, that's a, a country that that's clinging on to the fact that we had a famine, and they don't want it to be forgotten. Um, so I, I think that you know looking after the the uh, the citizens of this country is is really important to us, and stuff like the basic things of like education is. Like it's 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 so important because I mean it gives people choice. It gives them freedom and it gives them choice, and I think that's why we, we like and it, and it kind of it equals out society. You know what I mean? Because there's people. You, if you have education, you can go on and do whatever you want. Mm. You know, and um, whereas if if education is only for the people who can afford it, the the, uh, the space in society grows larger and larger and larger um i was i watched this really interesting documentary recently i think it's called the resilience movie and they were shown to uh two psychologists in america in the 90s uh were both doing studies and they were linking um toxic stress to uh to health conditions so it was like so toxic stress they explained was like if something happens to you that's bad in your life and you can't get rid of the stress like you've nobody to talk to uh, and you can't process it and it stays with you your body remembers it and mm. it becomes toxic so they were saying that like they did this scale called the ACEs scale and I can't remember what ACE stands for but it was like for people who'd seen domestic violence or people who'd seen uh, 
drug use or had heard gunshots outside their, their window or um, sexual abuse or these different types of things. And if you scored, say, if you said yes or no to these 10 questions, if you got like a score of four, you were 72% more likely to have behavioural problems and learning difficulties in in, in school. Um and then if you went up the scales, obviously, like, but you were more, more likely to have cancer, more likely yeah. to have lo- like liver disease uh, or to have a heart attack. Um, and if you like, th- like, so if you look at a society and the people in the, the most vulnerable parts of society, especially like at the, like the moment with the, uh, you know, the people in temporary accommodation, I mean, like how high would they score on this scale? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So like their life has already been road mapped out for them and they haven't done anything wrong. I mean, like this, kids in in who are living in hotels and like babies and they're not hitting their developmental mm. like scales mm. or where they where they should be like with crawling and talking and they're good like you're just setting a whole generation up for complete and utter failure to have horrible lives before they even have a chance to 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 start so i think like like with education it's a chance to push out of that you know what I mean like like to, to reach out of that and to continue to grow and to to learn about why is the reason that this is happening and then to go back into the thing and to vote for, for change you know mm. is, there, is there a part of that in you through, through your work in because obviously I personally can see the crossovers between your, between your artistic work your poetic work and the work that you do working in schools as well um, obviously we, can, we won't name any names or your work and all that kind of stuff but you are in a very different role this year as well as you were talking to me about before and it's a it's a fascinating one can you tell us a little bit about that uh i do what's called homeschool community liaison so it's um there's like schools in schools there's there's you could be in a dash band one or band two or you could just be in it like a regular school um (coughs) excuse me and a dash band one and band two is to the schools that would be in like a like disadvantaged areas but they would get extra funding to help kind of equalize the the playing field so say like in dublin dublin four and dublin six 92 percent or something like that of uh of children go on to third level education wow that high yeah that high uh, and not in dublin eight 12 percent of, of students go on to third level education right. so that's a huge disparity so my job is like i work with the parents and I I do do a lot of things, but I like I try and bring parents back to education because if you if parents are in education, they see more value in it, which will hopefully translate down to their children, and the children will stay in school longer and finish their leaving certain or go on to third level education. But then I I would be working with like a lot of different issues like that. Like I'm not a counselor, I'm not a social worker. I'm kind of if there was a Venn diagram, I'd be somewhere in the middle. I'm do you know what I mean? Like mm. I kind of deal with issues that parents have like it's kind of crisis management and then I'd help them get into services so um, so so even s- some issues that the parents themselves are having yeah. not even just the kids yeah 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 okay. be, so like if like if a child isn't coming to school mm. um, then I'd go and I'd meet the parents and I'd try and find out the reasons why the child isn't coming to school right and then the reasons could be could be anything do you know what I mean like it could be the fact that they uh, there's trouble going on at home and they can't get into a routine so I'd help get a service co- that comes in and I help the family with routines to try and get the child up in the morning to bring them to school or it could be it could be a, a million different things could be anything, you know, yeah. like homelessness has come up quite a lot um, really yeah. so even for the primary school that you're working in homelessness is an issue for kids coming to school 
Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's a cross, it's a cross all society. Yeah, yeah. Oh my you, goodness. Was, um, yeah. I suppose I'm quite ignorant to it because like, I, I definitely hear all the figures all the time. But when you're seeing it, it's a different thing. It's, it really is, and like, and it's it's quite it's quite hard, and it's quite um, it's quite traumatic as well. Like I've just started doing um, supervision, which is a, a form of counselling. Yes, and I do it from time to time because. You, you kind of really like I, when I talk to other people about looking after their mental health I have to make sure that I look Definitely. after my own mental health too yeah. do you know what I mean and I'm, I'm really lucky with the the counsellor that I see that he's he's incredible and he just helps me see things in such a like clear way you know what I mean like and, and it kind of helps me with because you just want to take if you see somebody who's like if I see somebody who's who's in stress or, or you know, I just want to take them out of that and, yeah. and kind of you know you want to take them. them home yeah just yeah exactly and I want to just like make it better for them but that's not my role isn't to make yeah. it better my role is just to to guide and show them the services that they can go into so yeah that that's that could be really stressful um like at christmas was really really hard because i'd helped there was a, a person i knew that did this huge drive for christmas presents for children and uh, and they wanted to help out and, and and give it into the you know some of the families in, in the school and and I was kind of like the midway person. I was getting the presents and giving them to the fa- families, and I found that really, just really hard because I, d- I don't know. I still don't know why, but I found it really hard because it was given to the families, and they were so thankful. Mm. And the more thankful they were, the worse, the, the worse I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's a, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a guilt thing of um, yeah. It's 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 a it's a moment in, in time that's like there's nothing more explicit than that moment that goes. I have something and you don't, um, and that's very hard to take sometimes. And, yeah. and there's no reason as to why I have earned that. Yeah, and you haven't got that. I remember being in in um, in South Africa, working in the townships in 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 outside Cape Town. We were in Kailisha, which is uh, basically a, sh- a a shanty town of a million people. Jeez. And when we went in, it was like loads of it was the Nile Mellon Township Trust, and they brought loads of volunteers over every year, and you would blitz the place for a week and try and build new houses and stuff. And at the time that we went in that week, it was the biggest amount of white people that had ever gone in. There was helicopters flying over and the news there that had ever gone into that township. I think it was 2000. But we had brought over um, guys off. Uh, we were working with a charity ourselves and we went over and brought uh, five lads from the ex-offender program that we were on. So guys coming out of prison, we we're trying to get them into the workplace. So we brought them over here for this experience. And um, those guys would be... Uh, in terms of you know economically in society, they would be at the bottom of the ladder in 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 Ireland. Yeah, um, they've been in and out of prison. All of them in their early thirties. Never that none of them have ever ever held down a job before. So this is what we're trying to teach them. And you go into this township and you see people, you know, uh, there's a lot of HIV around there, lots of kids running. We'd go visit the kids, you know, in the school and they'd be jumping over straight away, you know. And, but they've all got runny noses because they've always got a constant cold because they've got HIV. And um, God. That kind of stuff. And when you go and see their homes and they're quite happy, but you can see the mother is in bed. She's not well, you know, um, and just that they don't have things like walls and proper walls and stuff like that. But I remember on the lunch break that we would take and that we'd get handed out our sandwiches um, for the lunch break and uh, the kids would be running around and all that. And the lads from Dublin, the lads who'd been in prison and all that kind of stuff would go away into a corner where no one could see them so they would eat the sandwiches so that the kids couldn't see them eating the sandwiches and that's how, because that's how guilty they felt yeah. about having something that they didn't. And I found that that compassion really interesting because you had lots of more middle class people, lawyers who were taking the week off to do it. You know, people who were doing way better off in society hadn't an issue with it. 
But the guys who were in the so-called economically in the bottom society here had an issue with it and they felt guilty about that little thing that they had. But in actual fact, in in terms of Irish society, they, they didn't have a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's maybe, yeah, it's... It's maybe they they could have been on the opposite the opposite side at some stage, and they know what it feels like to see people with yes. the haves and not the have-nots. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a it is a, it is a fascinating moment, and when you think, and that, that's certainly I feel the pride in in, in being Irish, and in, in that that empathy is there in the country that it does exist. I, I think some people saying that we give more per capita oh, to, yeah. to aid relief, Charity, yeah, yeah, than um the by a long country. shot, yeah, per head per capita. We give more financially to charity than anyone else. But it's interesting. You kind of being interesting to break that down. What is that? Why do we do that? Is it because of things like the famine that we suffer stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, because we got we got incredible relief from abroad and yeah, um, yeah, like so many countries like India wanted to give loads of money. To, I heard that the Queen Mother at the time uh, or right. the Queen at the time stopped India giving so much money because she didn't want to be outdone with it. So it had to be the exact same as what she was giving. Right. A lot of countries wasn't it the um. Native Native Americans Trust or something like that They think they gave money over right, the okay. uh, What's the name of the tribe uh, I can't I can't think uh, but yeah, The Murphys so The Murphys Yeah <laughs> yeah. But I think that like That it that it, You know We've seen What, what happened to our country And it, you know As I say That it, it, it's It's still so fresh in the memory mm. You know what I mean Like it is still so fresh In, in everybody's memory uh, That that we we know that like how important it is to help. I mean, even look at what Bose did, um, yeah. recently. You know what I mean? Like the the sponsor on the front of the jersey is Refugees Welcome, and they do loads for direct provision centres. Mm. Um, they bring busloads of people from direct provision centres in to watch every single home match. Yeah, and uh, I can't get a ticket, but whatever. <laughs> 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 You're welcome, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, did you go to the game the other day? Actually, so the, the big I, derby. No, I didn't. I I. Brought my my nephew to uh, a Bowes Rose Rovers oh, you're derby. Me this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before he was like five, his first first or second football game, yeah. and then there was it's a, a bit rough. It's a little bit rough. There was a pitch invasion, and lads were knocking the crap out of each other. Yeah. So we just had to uh, yeah. take him out. Let's go get some chips. Yeah, it's like God. Oh, he's like, I didn't hear the final whistle. Like, no, it's over. It's over. He's like, why are they still on the pitch? That's fine. It's fine. It's They're gone. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's a pity though because they do so much amazing things. Yes. And they're really making it a community club and. Yeah, if, yeah. You know that like local businesses get the sponsor. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a beer that that like fifty, fifty or the 10 porterhouse. Cents. Yeah. Yeah. Some money from it goes back into the club, and they're trying to keep it alive and keep the fans like having having a voice and then doing yeah. stuff for you know for direct provision and the stuff at Christmas where they got so many presents and stuff, and then it's like Bowes Rovers. Big mill up on the big on the mill road. up, yeah. There was it happened, yeah, down Fisbury again. It was yeah. all over Twitter. People backing up each other. Ch- it's just like, why? What's the plug? Anyway, it's very yeah. English as well. Is the annoying thing about it? The whole hooligan thing is just bizarre. It's completely yeah, because you never get that at GAA games. And I know everyone's going to go on about that, but it's like it's the GA is literally like we will scream each other's heads off at each other at the op- opposing county, but there will never be a fight. No, no, and for, for the most part in. In football as well, it's not there. There's just small little pockets of gobshites that want to be hooligans. Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand. I really don't understand the mindset of like you. You. I want to go and fight. Yeah. Like 
because I support my club so much. It's just That's for the next podcast that we do on masculinity, Jeff. <laughs> 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 because that's some bullshit that you wouldn't see. That is some weird stuff in men that we have no. to do. That is, and look, we all have a bit of it in us on some level. That, but it's just it's stupid. Like it's, it's childish. Yeah. I got into a fucking argument on Twitter the other day. I'm like so disappointed in myself because I'm like I don't fucking. That's my mate as well. Oh, God, I just like arguing with a Fine Gael councillor before the election, and oh Jesus, I was so. I was just like after, I was like, "What am I doing? Exactly, Why, what am I doing here?" But it's fucking going on in the back of your head, fucking like, nonstop yeah. for twenty four hours. Like it's just like, yeah. Well, we've come. I've come to the end of the show. You're the final guest on the it's podcast. Uh, well done, and like it's a huge accomplishment. Fifty two shows. Thanks so much, man. Some of them were okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it and uh, and I've been getting loads of messages from people it's interesting that you were saying uh, earlier on about your poem and how the weird like you feel weird about the connection yeah. um, but when people come to you afterwards and they're saying oh that was great and all that you don't connect with that I, I've had the experience with the podcast interestingly really? where I'm getting and I thank you so much for the messages it's really it's really great and uh, um, and I really appreciate the kind words but people have connected with the podcast and it's um, what's interesting about it is like, oh, I'm glad you're having this relationship with the podcast, but I kind of don't feel like I'm part of it. It's weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because this is, this is what it is for me now, this moment with you chatting with you and then I just let it away. And, and I think like I've, I've really, really have enjoyed your podcast. There's a, a beautiful human element that there's, that they, 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 there's like, I don't know how I describe your podcast to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Because there's mm. so many different voices mm. that are on it. You know what I mean? And I, some of the ones I really love, like your, um, the one that was on after the uh, when Fine Gael tried to commemorate the RIC, and then you had the uh, <laughs> that professor on to talk about the Irish history. Time. Yes, that was brilliant. And then, or the, the one then, like you and your dad just in the studio. Um, yeah. Well, not in the studio, probably in your front room. But it was, like, uh, yeah, it was in his studio. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just talking and there's and it was so honest mm. and uh, I think that was the thing like and all the stuff that goes, goes on in your podcast that people are honest you know mm. what I mean they, and their stories are re- have been really really interesting yeah I think you've done a fantastic job and I appreciate yeah, well it done. man yeah and that, but that's what I that, that's why I did it I did it was the love of conversation and my love of talking to people which will, which will not stop and I don't know if this comes back if it comes back in a different format or like I, I think because I, I, I will be doing other podcasts now of the next while but kind of sporadically and stuff but ultimately it's love of conversation conversation mm. and then that's 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 why i did it and my love of of people and the love of people comes from a place of um going i very there's not many people that i was like oh, can i be in your podcast i was like well no that's just not the vibe do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like i kind of want to have a conversation which is the vibe yeah uh, so um they're natural like you can tell, tell from all of the mm. podcasts that there's and i think i said that to you on the first time i did the podcast i was like you have a really a really great style that you like I just felt so comfortable on it like the first time and it did just feel like a chat and there was mm. no and I opened the style, up, the style yeah. is there is no style because yeah. it's just I'm just I'm just I want to talk to you yeah you know that like so I genuinely love having conversation with people and that's all it is is loving of being interested in, in in somebody really yeah um, and I'm wanting to talk to them and, and and a huge belief of I, I often watch like the late late show and stuff I haven't watched in a long time now but like years ago watching it going why is that person on the telly <laughs> You know, genuinely going, I bet if you took someone from the front row 
they'll be more interesting than this conversation that's going yeah, on here. Some people are so dull, yeah. And it, but but it's it's because it's all fake and it's so constructed. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I was a, a a certain I won't name is, but a certain big comedian was was talking recently in his work in progress show about how constructed every little every every sentence in the late late show has been constructed. There's no natural conversation and I don't know if that Gay Byrne would have done that way I kind of think with, that he wouldn't have yeah because he, he had he, he really he, was a great interviewer yeah think. because he because he knew how to do it without yeah. having to plan, pre-plan anything he knew how to but everything is pre-planned now at the moment and as soon as you start prescribing everything you're losing any element of truth because it's all performance yeah and magic yeah you know, like that's where people like Colin Keegan put up on Twitter recently like what do you want from a poem you know what I mean and I think you can take out poem and what, what do you want from art or any type mm. of kind of entertainment and I think people like at the end of it want honesty yes. you know like that yes. it's not fake that they mm. that they want to hear about people's real experiences mm. or, or sense them from the art that's being made or, or the songs that are are written, you know what I mean? Like when people open up and and are truthful, that th- that people can connect to that. Whereas if it's if it's fake, people can see through it very very quickly. Totally, and I I, I think that is the definition of art. Is it's it's true self expression in a moment. Yeah. So like when you're writing a poem or you're writing the you know the premise of a joke, what it is that you want to talk about? It's that moment of knowing the root of what. Of of where and and then you can you can paint over and you can add and you can tag and you can create and craft a a, a bigger thing out of it. Mm. But the root of it comes from a a, a true moment of self expression, and that's what that's that's yeah. what art is. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, that's kind of anyway. Certainly, anything that I'm doing, it's all must, all uh, I'm, I'm into. <laughs> I must send you uh, Greg Clifford's new track "Open Fire," and that is just so raw. Greg Clifford is on Spotify. It is, yeah. Shout out yeah. Greg Clifford yeah, on his he, new track, he's Open Fire. He's writing a new album and it, it's, his last album was brilliant but um, this is this is just, you can hear it in his voice, the the pain, the anguish, you can you know hear it in the lyrics. It's gorgeous, you know right. what I mean? But, um, and it's just, yeah, just beautiful. It's Him just with, honest. Know, really honest, like brutally honest, mm. you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of my, probably my favourite song that I've heard this year. Well, man, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you. It's a delight to close it off on this one as the last guest, and then we'll do the final one with Jenna next week. Instagram, the poet Jeff, isn't it? Yeah. Jeff is G E O F F. G E O F F. Yeah. And um, man, yeah, but I'll be seeing you probably later on in the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much. An absolute pleasure, yeah. man. The legend, the poet Jeff. Thank you. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> 